Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast where we have a game of football to reflect on. Well, two games really, one that's been and one that's coming up. Sunderland failed again to beat Portsmouth, the third time they've had a go at that this season. And we play Fleetwood. Where does it leave us? Playoffs, probably. We're here to talk about that tonight. And we are joined by our own Rory Fallow. Hello. Hello, indeed. And we are joined by James Hunter from The Chronicle. Hello there. Hello there. How are we all feeling? We all seem in a decent mood considering the... The automatic promotion dream probably is over now. I've got the, no, I've got the key to madness. Yeah, there's that little <laughs> bit of it. I've stupid it. hope that's just well, it wouldn't, it still wouldn't, there. Isn't it wouldn't it? be the thing is, it's probably not going to happen. But it wouldn't be the most freakish set of results in the world in order for it to happen. Barnsley just need to lose one game. We need to win two, semi comfortably, and Portsmouth also need a drop point yeah. for that to happen. They need a snooker. They don't need a miracle. At this stage, do they? You know, I think uh, I was looking at the the situation in the table when I was I was writing the comment piece on on Sunday there, and I was all set to sort of say, well, you know, we know that that uh, it's it's the playoffs now, basically, and while that's still the most likely outcome by quite a distance, it, it's not. It's not a given, you know. That the, it wouldn't be the the most freakish set of results, as you said, Stephen, to to, to turn it turn it round and, and put Sunderland in with a chance. But you know, at this stage, they are the outsiders of the four by by quite a way. I mean, even if you but outsiders <coughs> sometimes win. Yeah, even if you uh, you know win against Fleetwood by two clear goals, you're still going at the final day. Well, it's a it's a five goal swing. Mm. You know, it's not it's not you know. You they they lose two nil, you win three nil. It's against the team we've already beat three nil once yeah. this season. So you know you, it's not. It's not like you need to win by six or seven. Yeah, and you need them to lose. If by it's seven a looting situation, you're like yeah. going well. You know, it's one of those, the cliche. They're not mathematically promoted, but for all intents and purposes, they yeah. are a bit like Norwich and Sheffield. Because of the a bit like Norwich and Sheffield United the other in the, in the championship, but. You know, the, you know, we were talking about it in the group chat today, and I says obviously Matthew was kind of half joking about it on the reaction pod, and obviously because he's an idiot, <laughs> you know, he predicted an eighth all season, and now it's like everybody's like he's infected everybody with the Keeling madness. Everyone believes now we're going to get promoted in second. So cheers, Matthew, for <laughs> for that. It was his uh, tweets on the um, Wiseman say account today that so he's responsible for any hope that you may have garnered <laughs> from his. Uh, from his rambling, so cheers, Matthew, well, for it, that. It gives Jack Ross some interesting. The mic okay? Gives Jack Ross some interesting, interesting decisions to make, uh, which we'll we'll look at that. But I want to talk about the game specifically first. What I would take from the game, James, as a real positive is I'm watching Portsmouth play again, and I'm thinking, right, there's only Portsmouth in the top six who's beaten us this season because let's remember the game at Wembley was a draw. Um, that was <coughs> when we went down to ten men. People seem to be wetting themselves over how good these are the teams in the playoffs. Oh, no, playoffs, we can't do anything. Have you seen anything from any of these teams to suggest we can't get through a successful playoff campaign? No, not at all. Um, you know, I didn't think that Doncaster were great when they came to the Stadium of Light by any stretch of the they imagination. They were terrible. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, you look at Portsmouth, as, as you say, there have been two very close competitive games and... You know, had Sunderland not gone down to ten men at Fratton Park, it might have been different. Had Craig McGillivray not had a, you know, game of his life on on uh, Saturday, it might have been different in that game too. So, 
you know, you, you look at these, the, the competitive games, and I don't think that uh, there's anything in, in those two teams to worry me. I think Charlton are probably the form team. They're probably the one that you don't want to meet right now. They seem to be on a on a real, you know, late charge. Think, and, but another team, <clears throat> we've taken four points off this yeah. year. But yeah, of course. But, and Sunderland have already proved themselves against Charlton. So and I that, think nothing there to worry about either. Again, that first half at Charlton as well, early this season, we absolutely battered yeah. them. And we hit the post, and Wyke had a really good chance to score. Um, in that first half and then they obviously had the own goal and then put a bit of pressure on but I think they're the team to fear in that they've got attributes within their team that we struggle against <clears throat> arguably in, the best player in the league yeah, as well in, who, you know I mean that would be God yeah that would actually be Mendonca too wouldn't yeah. it like you know the, the player we could have signed for free in the summer decided he didn't want to come and then <laughs> you know went there and to be fair you know all the cliches and that'll come out boy has done an unbelievable job there really given the circumstances that he's been working under um, <clears throat> but I just think there's a lot of you get kind of in this this kind of ball of you know like it's just this closed up shop where you like think well we we are massively underachieving based on I don't know whatever you want to base it on and everybody else are these brilliant teams and like people but then at the same time it's like well everyone's rubbish Get him out, get him out, he's garbage, he's crap. But then at the same time, in the same breath, people say, well, we've got the best team, we've got the best squad in the league, we should be like Walton in the league. Mm-hmm. Well, which one is it? Barnsley is smashing teams every week. Actually, if we do do what we do, if we do win those two games handsomely, we would go above them on goals scored. Yeah, they've only scored one more goal yeah, than us. So apparently they? they're smashing everyone every week and we've been negative. So what? which is it? You know, we've we've taken four points off Barnsley. You know, Luton were the better team over the two games, and the only reason mm-hmm. they got out of that second one was because Lee Probert imagined the penalty. Um, you know, Portsmouth, fair enough. You know, I would say that we definitely deserved to win that game at the weekend. Like you say, you know, we've taken four points off Charlton and you know six off Peter uh, off of Doncaster. Interesting one with Peterborough. I thought. That's the most frustrating result of the recent run, I think, because I think we're, they were really poor, I thought, and you know we drew that game. And it was probably their only shot on target, I think, it felt like, and Peterborough, they did nothing. But then they've got a game in hand to go at the last game yeah. of the season. Doncaster in rubbish form. If they, you know, There's an incentive for them to beat Portsmouth, even though they got beaten somehow off Walsall 3-0 at the weekend. Yeah, just, it's a really interesting game you, that tomorrow yeah, as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen there. So, I mean, if you finish third and Peterborough snuck, sneaked in, based on what you've seen, even though we've only taken um, two points off Peterborough this season, you'd fancy your chances against Peterborough based on that. Mm. So, And I certainly think when it, when it comes to if we have to play Portsmouth again at some time, I mean, Portsmouth might get promoted, yeah, uh, automatically. Um, but I just think that, and you can't put it down to luck and say, oh, what is me and all that stuff, but... I just feel like we need a rub, the rub of the green against Portsmouth a little bit more because on Saturday, like you say, the keeper had a really good game. Um, the referee turned down a blatant penalty. Mr. Blatant handball, though, in the build-up to it, to be fair. Did he? Oh, well, like, w- Wyke pretty much controls it with his okay, arm. Okay, well, I haven't gone that far back. Two wrongs don't make a right, Roy. <laughs> um, the incident where the full-back, who's on a yellow card, oh. dives twice. Yeah, in succession and doesn't get a yellow card for either of them yeah. and the referee has a little bit of a word room the little things like that and I'm sitting, like I just um, feel it was the ball in or out for the equaliser well I was going to say that I think some, it was probably in like some, well some people I'm saying some people are, there's something wrong with my mic some people uh I know Gareth's just end. electrocuted <laughs> himself there uh, <laughs> listeners people can't handle know. the playoffs who <laughs> <laughs> sit down that end of the pitch that it was definitely out so I haven't seen it back so I don't know but I just feel like would you a bit of uh, look against them and where, where things actually will go right because I do think looking at the two sides I think we're a better side than them I, I personally yeah. do think that there's been factors in, every, in each of those three meetings haven't there that uh, um, against Portsmouth where uh, you, you can point to from Sunderland's point of view you know the, the, the player getting sent off Glenn Lubens just before Christmas down there at Fratton Park obviously going to penalties at, at Wembley which you know is a coin toss really you know it's, it's, it's a draw to all intents and purposes and then the uh, uh, and then the game at the weekend with, with a goalkeeper has a, a worldie and there are all those those kind of uh, factors to take into account so I don't think Portsmouth can would come into it necessarily confident yes they've not lost against Sunderland and they've taken four points off Sunderland in the league and, and won the 
EFL trophy at Wembley, but I don't think that they would come into it and say, oh, this will be easy. I just don't think that they'll approach it that way because... Um, well, Kenny Jack, the way Kenny Jack had approached it said that, didn't yeah. it? The way they just sat, sat back to cling on to a point, which yeah. I know given they won on Easter Monday and we drew, we we might have done the same thing had we, had we beaten Peter. <laughs> it, 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 took it, it took it out they of Porto's hands, oh. that though. Yeah. Like, no, it was, it, it was in Porto's hands before the automatic promotion, before that game. If they had won the game, they'd be in poor position to go up. Now. I was very confused about the way Porto has played that second half. I don't know if we were just... I think it was just because we were better than them. Do you think oh, it was? Yeah. Porto, if Porto have won... It'd be in their hands because they've got a game yeah. in hand, and they'd be finishing above Barnsley if they really, won their last two games. I was really oh. surprised they didn't go for it and throw the kitchen sink at some. Yeah, exactly. Because, because maybe, maybe I'm saying that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that. Maybe we're just better than when we didn't let them. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could. Or be maybe that. well, maybe Jack Ross learned from the game at Wembley where he, where he took. Obviously, I know it wasn't the same starting lineup, but he took Greg off and brought. Um, was it power that came on for Greg? Was that the? Or was it Gooch. was a Gooch who came yeah. on? Yeah. And he went that false nine, and it didn't work. And it pushed us back psychologically. If not, if that even if that wasn't the intention, maybe learn from that. Keep playing on the front foot against these because we did that for forty-five minutes at Wembley. And we did it for pretty much ninety minutes on Saturday and should have won the game. Yeah, I mean maybe Portsmouth also looked at it and thought they they didn't risk too much because had they lost, then mm-hmm. you know Sunderland go above them and, and suddenly they're, they're they're the outsiders. I think that's probably what it was. I think they were probably in the game thinking we want to win this because it's in our hands but as the game was gone and we were the better team they probably thought actually we need to just get out of here and not lose. Well, we, we've said, well, a few of us have said 10, 10 points would have been enough before the Peterborough game from those. And Portland are probably thinking the same thing. They're probably backing themselves to beat Peter Bren. Who have they got on the last day? They it's... Oh, it stumped everybody that one. Yeah, no, terrible from all of us there. Bad research. I'll find out. I'll but find I, I think out. they've. You well, fill. You fill, and I'll find out. It is out. presumably going to be someone. It's not Oxford. It is Oxford. Yeah. No, no, Luton have got Oxford. Luton have yeah. got Oxford. Rochdale, is it? I'll have a look. Oh, it, I think is, it, is it is somebody rubbish. Oh, it's it's well, going well. to be some. Well, because of their league position, it's going to be someone that they fancy themselves against, Rochdale. isn't it? So they're probably backing themselves to win those two and hope, similar to what we are, that Barnsley are going to slip up on the last yeah. on, on the last day of the season. But they don't need obviously a goal difference swing like we do. Accrington Stanley at home. There, oh, yeah. there you go. We only drew Accrington Stanley, ah, but we <laughs> well, we, we, we actually should have racked up our goal difference a bit away yeah. from home. White then, two says. You know they won five. 5-1 at the weekend I think didn't Did they, they? Yeah, they <coughs> and, yeah. oh yeah um, interesting on the final day though because of course you know if Sunderland do do win against Fleetwood tomorrow um, you know that last game against Southend Southend could South- still, yeah, yeah, still yeah. stay up so Absolutely. they'll have something to play for it yeah, that would could, suit us yeah. I'd rather Southend had something to play yeah, be quite open because yeah. they've, got, they've got to come at us haven't they well, that's going yeah. to suit us yeah. much better whereas Fleetwood it's are probably going to do the opposite well, yeah, tomorrow which is why I'm far more worried about the Fleetwood game because Definitely, Joey Barton will sign a call to sort of say to their players, "Let's just stop them from winning, lads." There'll be more than they well, don't yeah. need. They can't do anything. Will he do that? Because I thought every player in their squad was better than ours, or something. Wasn't <laughs> that where he said it? The start? And then apparently he would have got our squad promoted, which doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. It's almost like he's a massive idiot. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Eh? I know. <laughs> have you spoken to Jack Ross today? Um, no, I, I haven't. I've just yes. texted him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, been down there to see Jack Ross today. How, yeah, how was his preview. spirits? He seems in good spirits. Yeah, I think you know, like everybody, he'll be disappointed if um, if it does pan out that, that Sunderland don't win automatic promotion. But his brief last summer was to get Sunderland promoted, and of course, there's still an, another chance of that in the playoffs. I think the, the disappointment will come if. If they don't end up going up, even even through that mechanism, you know, I think that's that's when when disappointment will kick in. Until then, uh, they're, they're still in with a, a fantastic chance, and and so there's no point in being downhearted at not finishing the top two. You've got to then concentrate uh, on getting up through the playoffs, haven't you? I'm interested to know um, what decisions he's going to make now going forward in terms of team selection and stuff. The midfield, I thought, was excellent, by the way, on, on, on the weekend. Max Power and yeah. Lee Catterball. It's one of those where you look at Grant, Grant Ledbit and you think, well, we missed his set-piece delivery. But apart from that... Well, score well, from yeah. Power, yeah. Power obviously put one in. Yeah, yeah. So. But apart from that, I think there were a couple of corners that we still oh, can't yeah, crack that, can yeah, we? Yeah. Um, but, Why do they always do this weird overhit corner at the back post that goes out of play? Happens all the time. Just while it's popped in my mind... By how good would have Morgan's goal been, by the way? And oh, that no, overhead no, yeah, kick. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, even the one I from White was a great move. Build it yeah. to it. He did well. Camel, he um, did well to get on the end of that one yeah. as well. Yeah. And I didn't see live that the Morgan chance and the uh, Will Grigg one right at the end. I didn't see that the goalkeeper got a touch to both of those. It wasn't until Jack Ross mentioned it mm-hmm. after the game because obviously he'd seen the, the replays and spoken to the players for. From where I was, which was a long, long, long way away, you just see the ball hit the post. You, you're not able to see the little touch. I mean, mm-hmm. unbelievable save. I didn't realise that Griggs had hit the post, actually, from where I, I was didn't, sitting. I didn't know. It just looked odd because it was like a weird kind of straight cross. But Grigg, like, did really well. To, like, he wasn't even looking at the goal to, like, yeah. hook the ball anywhere near the yeah. goal. Um, it's the most lively Griggs looked for. Yeah. A but few, he's, I mean, he's been. The thing is, he's started he's been been There were a few people having a very pop of Griggs. But this is, this is what happens. This is what happens. People get into the mind that this person's going to come here and do all this stuff. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, the expectation for him was to score one in two. And when he doesn't do that, he's fallen below that expectation. And then he's rubbish. Remember, White was rubbish before Christmas. And now he's. You know, people were going on like he was, you know, the best things in sliced bread. There's, you know, after that acting game, it, people just need to. I'm not saying speaking for support, speaking other opinions, and people can say what they want. I just think people need to calm down a little bit because, you know, football support is a passionate, emotional thing. And it's getting not, more polarized, isn't it? On it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just too. It's a, it's just a bipolar thing. It's like. <clears throat> You know, you, you're judging yourself against other teams like they're miles ahead, as already said, but they're not miles ahead. So, they, are they that much better than us? Are we are we that much worse than them? Are we, are we massively underachieving? I don't I don't think I don't think we are. I think you know that he's had a, he's had how many? He had eleven players to work with at the start of the season. Well, it, I, I want to get on. I want to get on to that. So we 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 we'll stop that conversation there because I want to know what he's going to do for these next few of, games. There's, there's a lot of knee jerk reaction though. You're you're right. Gareth to, to issues and, and results you know I remember in, in the summer Lee Catamull was part of the rotten core um, the reaction to Not him at, to us. At, at no. Darling, <laughs> the reaction to him in the pre-season friendly when he came came on and played against Darlington and then by the end of August he scores two goals down at, uh, at Wimbledon and people are uh, you know, singing his name, it, it's just an amazing turnaround in a short mm. space of time. It just shows shows how knee-jerk reactions to things can be. So, I want to get on to what we think Jack Ross is going to do, because the, the performance the weekend would suggest Grand Leppard is not going to play, for example, because that midfield look look good. Catamount clearly makes us better when he's playing. Um, and Max Powell played really well, I thought. He, that, that drive was back, wasn't yeah, it? That drive yeah. was back. What we what was missing when he first signed, he, he had that drive getting forward and, and that was back. And that looks like a really productive certain midfield partnership. However, what happens with Jack Ross going forward now, James? Does he, does he think it's playoffs? I'm going to rest a couple of players. And by that, I mean very minimal, I think. you Because know, if you looked at it from a fitness perspective, you could make arguments to take Lee Catamol out of the team, um, rest him for the playoffs. You could make an argument certainly to take Aidan McGeady out of the team who was injured and rest him for the playoffs too. Yeah, he's not going to make um, uh, changes for the sake of it. He's not going to rest players. So he said that there will be two or three changes because there are players carrying knocks. You think, so is that nine probably going to come out, isn't he? Because he went off towards the end, didn't he? He didn't specify, but he would be one that would be fairly close to the top of my list um, you know a potential candidates probably McGeady too might might be one but I don't think he's going to rest players because as he pointed out what happens if I just mean the injured the in, what, by what, rest I mean the injured player like yeah. Lee Catamol's injury prone yeah. you could make an argument for him being rested yeah. McGeady's injured isn't he but if you but if you make those cha- kind of changes and you take players out like that you don't pick your strongest team what do you what happens if results do go in your favour and and, thinking, what if? and people well, are, this is people it, are isn't saying it? well this if only you played your, your strongest mm. your strongest team at Fleetwood so anyway we've put that that to him and he's not going to do that he's going to name the strongest team that he possibly can for the final two games or certainly tomorrow obviously if if, if if it's impossible on the last day, that might change his thinking a little bit. But certainly tomorrow, it's going to be the strongest yeah. team. Which can. is which is right because yeah, yeah. as Jim said, if results do go your way, suddenly you know Portsmouth lose tomorrow, or whatever, then everyone's like, oh, that was a uh, yeah, maybe a bit short-sighted. And also, you want to be going to the playoffs, winning games, and full of confidence, and with a team clicking and playing well and being cohesive with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing we were talking about just before we start recording, Stephen, Maguire needs some minutes under his belt. That that could be one thing that's a bit mutually beneficial tomorrow. He could take McGeady out, 
give Maguire half, uh, sorry, 60 minutes and then not even necessarily have McGeady on for that last half an hour. Maybe have him on the bench just in case you do need to rack up another couple of goals or whatever. But you want, you don't just want result, momentum with results. You want, you want players in form as well because we need to, we need to win by big margins. So we need impressive, we need to be going for it. So you want the players playing it as full pelt as they can be going into those playoff games if that's where we end up. It would be a brave call that to leave McGeady and put Maguire for, but there's an argument for it because Maguire, as we've said, as Roy's just said, he needs to play. He's got the opposite problem. What you see when you look at Catamol and McGeady and think, right, they're carrying injuries. You need them fit and firing for the playoffs. Maguire's got the opposite problem. He's not played enough. So for him to be fit and firing for the playoffs, he needs to play. And even if it's if you're going to be rusty, it's like uh, almost like a little mini preseason for him, where you need to give him games and you need to, you I need don't to get think, him up. I speed. don't think it would be the end of the world <clears throat> if you know, given the situation, Ledbetter came in for Catamol and um, Matthews obviously come in for or nine, and Maguire comes in for McGeady. That's not a bad thing at no, all. No, it's is not. It? It's not absolutely um, not. You know, they're more than capable of doing those. It's roles. still a big call because he's leaving himself no, it, open to criticism if he don't win the game. You still got you still got another possibility, of course, and which is if he can if he can play McGeady tomorrow, then he does because he wants to play his strongest possible mm-hmm. team. If the results don't go for him tomorrow, then he can always start Maguire on Sunday. If playoffs yeah. is where where it's looking, it'd that be point. interesting. That wouldn't it, the last game. It just rest everybody, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sterling <laughs> and Kimby Ogre up front. Or, 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 although it would it would bring another dynamic in there because I've heard so many managers say well, you've got to keep the competition honest, mm-hmm. and if Southend's relegation. Are in a, in a three or four way fight mm. for relegation, is it right to then? I mean, I know that from Sunderland's point of view, you say, well, stuff them. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't care. But you know, you've got to keep the competition honest too. But also, if you can't finish second, you want to finish third because you want to play Doncaster or Peterborough. So that factor comes into it as well. Yeah. It's all well good. Said, oh, well, rest everybody, and then if Charlton win and Portsmouth win, you finish fifth suddenly, yeah, and yeah. you've got to go to Charlton first game in the playoffs, which is uh, sorry, Charlton come here first game in the playoffs, and that's not. The way I mean, that would probably, out of all it, everybody, I would probably least prefer that us finishing fifth and playing Charlton and having to play them at home first, then go on there. Just hmm. another factor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is. Some might argue that it's more likely that we could finish fifth than we could finish. You know, we're talking about the fantastical idea of finishing mm. second. It, it, logically, there's more chance of us finishing fifth. You would think. I mean, I know that's a negative way to look at it. Well, but probability wise, probability yeah, wise, how many points are Charlton level with us now? Charlton yeah, level, yeah. we obviously got the game in hand. Yeah. So if we win tomorrow, that they'll not catch us because nah, of goal they're, difference. They're not. We're not. We're not losing any of these games. We're winning one, at least drawing one, and that can't catch us with that, can they? No. Right. Well, if we drew one and Charlton, or if they won both, day, yeah, actually, yeah, if they won two, have they yeah. got two? Like, no, Charlton have oh, got no, one no, game. Yeah, yeah. But if no, we if no, we say no. lost That's one I mean. and drew one, yeah, yeah. No, we're not. Yeah. We're getting minimum four points, aren't we? If we sure. win one, win one. We of said that about Conor and Burton. Look where we are now. Yeah, as long as he doesn't play four four two, we'll be all right. Um, but if you, if you um, yeah, if we get four points, we we can't be. We'll finish fourth. Um, but again, it's you know for debate, people will probably say that's. Finishing fourth is an extreme you, you do, failure, people will probably say. You, you know, want, the, the, way, all, the way people's mentality is, I think they're in this. If we're in the playoffs, mentality. you do you do want that second leg at home as well for for atmosphere-wise. Like how many times have we had, well, we've only lost one game at home this season. So they've, they've risen to the big crowds, if you think Charlton, the opening day of the season, Boxing Day, um, Doncaster, or even, to be fair, on Saturday, the, the support was excellent and, and the atmosphere has been really good over the last few games well, as well since in the, the introduction of the, the flags yeah they've been brilliant it's, it, it, it really has added something I know I've read some like flipping comments about you know flags don't sing and all this kind of thing <laughs> from naysayers and obviously it gets pe- people up for it though doesn't yeah. it it does create yeah, an atmosphere and imagine that on if well it's going to be it'll be a Thursday, Thursday night or a Friday night, night wouldn't it That'd four be- to Friday night <laughs> so do I. I think there'll be a few yeah. half go. I yeah. think there'll be a few half days going. Yeah. Oh, I a few full days going. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm using half day for Fleetwood tomorrow, so I'm already planning to use that second half day yeah. for the second leg because I yeah. don't want to sit at a full day at work no, thinking about think the second about le- leg of a playoff mm. semi final. I'm gonna be away. Finish at one o'clock and go straight to that. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. While we're on the atmosphere, then and. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, those away fans need to come down, don't they? I know that's apparently the plan for the season after next year. Yeah, I disagree. They, they need to get down. Well, I want to know what people think then, because I, I, I think it's, it's very, very rare. Do you know, I've come do across, you know what well, I let think me, we let me, I'm just saying, so, it's very, very rare I've come across somebody who disagrees, Gareth disagrees, so I want everybody's opinion on it. My opinion, I've said many times before, I think even somebody... Um, posted a really good picture before the Portsmouth game with the flags and it was from the south stand and the stadium all looked full apart from that little bit in the north stand lower where nobody wants to sit nobody right. wants to sit there if you bring the away fans down put them on a corner don't put behind the goal put them on a corner or on the side that displaces it's displaced then isn't it and then there will be people behind the goal don't open the upper tiers until there's demand for it and just leave it and fill the 36,000 first and then open them is my strong opinion. It's it was always an atmosphere issue. Now they're starting to throw things down. It becomes a safety only, issue. That's only happened twice, though. But like, it's been the last, still it's throw, been the last two you could, games. You could still make the argument. You could still throw things across. If they're down on the yeah onto a pitch. Like, onto a pitch. Well, no, you throw things across. Yeah, but when you're up. That it, it does encourage people a bit more if they're on and, if and, they've got a ledge and, to throw and, it off. And, well, and, we and the Pearson object builds as it's fallen down that no, distance. But we've played like I think you know we've played. Umpteen games with the fans up there, and this is the first. It's time not it's because ever I sit in the no, It's not because I sit in the north stand, and, and pe- people next to me being hit with coke bottles and all sorts before. I sit in the um, north stand. It's not the first time it happens. It happens. Not. I don't see it all the time, but it's happened. Well, quite tell you a lot what. Of tell you what. Do then you put a net up. So right, there you go. Just bring them. Just no, bring no. Them down. Put a net do what they do in Europe? Do you know what I'd be doing? Yeah. Why would you not want them down? I just. I think it's a, a fallacy that it like it improves the atmosphere. I think it's a load of rubbish because. You know, the amount of times where we'd have, you know, cordoned, like, area in the south stand with masses of empty yeah, red seats. Yeah, but don't put them behind the goal. Yeah, but just I'm, I'm just saying, but, they, but then they're going to have to build more cells in the corner down there because there's no access to, to facilities that they need to house the away fans. That's the issue. They'd have to put them in a corner at the south. south. The best place for them would probably be the south the southeast corner. Right. Sorry, southwest corner. Mm-hmm. Probably. Right. Because it's right next to the... The Roker end, so yeah. if you want to, oh, yeah. you, 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 you need them near the Roker end. Talking about the, the, you know, the the banter between the two sets of fans, which, which, which the there are none at the moment because the, you can't, they can't hear but, each other from the other side of the ground. But, but do you, you get that banter going with those supporters when it's someone like Burton bring a hundred, or, well, or, or in high divisions when Fulham barely bring any? But it's, but that, then it's no different from now. My, but my, but I think I think it's I'd throttle the allocations next season. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but I'd throttle the allocations next season. I'd stop them. I'd stop. The biggest issue we've had this season is people treating like Sunderland like it's. Firstly, the cup final. Um, you know, if it impacts. The, the thing is, we, we're in a. This is going to sound quite sort of cynical, but we're in a powerful position in that people have seen Sunderland supporters as a cash cow this season. Certain chairman of certain clubs yeah, have seen Sunderland fans as a cash cow. You know, Ackmanton being a prime example of that. Um, you know, we've had Rochdale and we've had Wickham, you know, which looks a kind gesture in resp- in some respects and moving away home fans. But the, 
they're not doing that. They're doing that to milk as much money out of Sunderland as they possibly can. That's absolutely fine. Tell you what, when you come here, it's not going to be uh, the biggest game of your life. It's not going to be, you know, your, your your FA Cup final. You can have a thousand. You can have a thousand. You can't have three thousand. But there have been a lot of clubs that have come to the Stadium of Light for the first time this season. Do you think that? Novelty might well some, if it might, were in this, it might this division then, next year. Do you think? Do you think that uh, it would? Well, it would still have the same. It, well, if not, then it's not a problem, is it? So I they think can, one, they, can, they, can, they can throttle it. I, mean, I know. Also, I know it sounds like it, but I'm. I'm just thinking like it must give. There's people probably getting as half the home attendance, the average home gate at a Sunderland away game, and then the other away games will be taking three, four, five hundred people. But so. the other the other problem you've got, of course, is that every ticket that you sell at the stadium is money in oh, your own yeah, coffers. You're right, but. I don't know. I just, Otherwise, I just you're going around the c- country, taking a bigger way, following, yeah. handing money to other clubs, and you're not no, reaping I, the benefit. I, I, here. I, I, you know what you're saying from a financial perspective. You're absolutely right, but at the same time, I just feel as though you know. I think you know. There's been a level of disrespect shown to, to Sunderland this season in the league. There's been this sort of really like reverse snobbery shown against us, and I'm sick of people coming up and like having like their big day out, and you know, and then. You know, gobbing on, and like I just think, like you know, maybe it's time to get nasty and start. I'm, like, I'm less worried know, about that. Back. I'm, I'm more, I'm more worried about the, uh, you know, the throwing of objects down from. Oh yeah, from the, it, and that it, is and one of that was that is a thing. But I'm just saying it. You know, I know you're saying you sit there and it's happened, but like it obviously couldn't have been as so prominent as recently where it's been. Like, how are they getting? flares into yeah. the ground and how apparently it was glass bottles coming down in the Coventry game mm. wasn't it I remember I think it was Matthew who was in the Black Cats bar before that and he said it was it wasn't yeah. like plastic ones from the concourse it was glass yeah. bottles coming down so there's a security issue there how's that happening and I know that happens at other grounds we, there was a smoke bomb let off of Peterborough in, in our end when um, Max Power put us 1-0 up you know if those things whether you think they look good or not, they are banned, and they're, they're banned because people might throw them down yeah. there, or you know that can you know, scar someone, burn someone, whatever. You shouldn't be taking explosives into a football ground. Well, that's what I mean. It's a wider point. No matter how, like, how, how are they getting in? Well, it's not legal. Pyrotechnic sniffing dogs, apparently, at the Stadium of Light, and a number of good band, a number of pyrotechnics. Uh, were confiscated, right. so so they did take quite obviously. Well, that one got through, you know, and, and that's that's a great shame. But you know, it, it would have been a lot worse had there not been measures in, in place. The, the question is, for yourselves as, as fans, when you go to away games, what level of inconvenience are you prepared to put mm-hmm. up with? How thoroughly are you prepared to be searched before you go into an away ground? Because that's what you would have to impose on fans coming to the stadium. How far do you do you go? Um, you know, do you want to search people when they come back off the concourse to make sure they've not got any bottles with them? You know, which they can throw down plastic or otherwise. You know, how far? There has I to did, be some I sort of read give a, take. I did read a comment that is purely anecdotal, <clears throat> so I just thought it was quite funny. Um, was that uh, apparently there was a comment made how to the police? How could somebody uh, or how could this person sn- smuggle it in? I can't remember. And, and it was basically like, oh well, they might have like put it inside of a sandwich or something and brought it in. It's like, well. I mean, what? Like, yeah. it, but it's personal responsibility and personal choice. If you take something in, and as, like as Rory's pointed out, we've done it, and we've seen that picture of when Max Power was at Wigan and him, yeah, yeah, picking the flare up and running on, yeah. off with it. It's a great photo. It's a fantastic photo, and we see all these photos about, you know, of, you know, in Poland yeah, and places yeah. like that where the place looks like it's on fire. You know, yeah. get, and that's it's, not it's not a great look. I don't think. No. But people love it, don't they? They think this is like this whole. It's a, we've talked about before about away away culture, yeah. and we talked about you know the issue around the Wembley ticket and this attitude towards this thing. And you can also also bring it up. Like I think the way we've done the flag thing has been, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty organic. Yeah. It's it's been a pretty English approach to the mm-hmm. to the thing. Whereas yeah. I think some there's this desire to like adopt like foreign atmospheres and it's like well the reason those foreign atmospheres exist is because that's their football culture and the way it's been done the way we have in England people turn up at five to three yeah, to yeah. get into the game it's mm. like it's yeah. but you're never happening. going to have that yellow wall yeah, dominance you're never going to have it so forget it just do but, what do what think, you can I think you make a, a good point though <clears throat> Gareth regarding the net rarity the reason the reason that, that they have these flares 
on the continent and the reason why they have nets is to stop those kind yeah. of things from happening you know the two things go hand in hand yes fans take take flares into the grounds but that's why there's netting there to stop it from being chucked onto other fans or onto the pitch and you know if that if, if you want to bring flares in fine but then you're gonna to have to live with the other side of it which yeah. is the security measures that go with it mm-hmm. um and i mean i just think would it be would it be that much of an inconvenience just, to have just, a net say just across if, the front yeah. of the for me if you bring them down it's just not it's not most people's human nature to do that anyway, but it's less so to actually go out your way to try and throw it into another mm. section of a crowd, home or yeah. away, when you're on a level sort of area. In the north stand, upper, you can't see the fans below you, yeah. yeah. and it's quite easy for somebody to say, I'm just going to lob this over there. He, he, he. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it could have been a five-year-old so, kid. It hit. Yeah. It could have been. So, I don't think I've got an answer from you too. Would you bring the away fans down, James? No, I'd leave them there. But, right. I, but I'll put in something like Gareth mentioned in terms of netting. Rory? I'd, I'd leave them up there. I think it's the ground looks... Just from, from aesthetically the way the ground looks, I think it's better. I know you were saying, Stephen, that there's been instances where there has been like plastic bottles come down, but I don't think we've had many... We've never had something on the scale of what we've had in those last two games. Well, the Coventry game and the, the Portsmouth game. You see, the ground looks better, but in most cases, when away fans, if you'd brought them down and added them to the lower bowl of season, then the ground would have been full most Tell you games. what, the, 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 the lower bowl would have been full most games. But I just, I like it when it's all Sunderland fans there. Okay. I mean, interestingly, obviously you... You're all wrong, by the way. You, um, <laughs> obviously, was going to the dark side on a, on a Saturday for work. Um You'll see. You have, you have, to, you have to clarify that yeah. for work. Yeah, <laughs> yes. for work. Yeah. Um, it is absolutely one hundred percent for work. You'll yeah. see it as you'll see it firsthand the difference, and then you can. You can it's not good that. Yeah, but it never has been. But you know, especially when there was only. I would argue. 000, I would argue. But, but what I'm saying is, my point is, you'll see because the stipulation of the Premier League means that they have to move those away fans. Yeah. So mm. you have, you've got to have a box of seating in within the the lower ball. So you'll see next season at Newcastle. And is that ready for next season? Is it? I think it is for next season, isn't it? Don't I think. I think. Scale. I think. I think teams were given a two-year grace mm-hmm. period because it wasn't last year; it was the year before. So it's been two years since it was stipulated, and the only two teams in the Premier League who didn't were Newcastle and Sunderland. So it'll be Newcastle next season. They'll probably have to bring them down now, unless they've fought it, and that isn't the case. I'm sure you'll be able, you'll be able to find out somewhere when they have to do it. Yeah, but. It could be next year, so you'll see firsthand, won't you? If mm-hmm. it does improve, the I don't, I, and I think it obviously depends where they put them. Because, like you say, if you're going to put them anywhere, it needs to be nearer where the home singing end is. So, in Newcastle, that's the the top of the very none back of, of it, the none of it. Yeah, but it's, it's not well. It's not much, but it's at the very top of the Gallagher. And mm. right, see, modern fans have this obsession with filling from the back now, and, and <laughs> you can hear it way up. Yeah. And there's nothing pitch side from Newcastle fans either. So. It will be interesting to see if they put them around pitch side near that end. I don't know. It's my opinion. So, how do people think then? Um, we'll just wrap some stuff up about it's a playoffs now. Well, James asked me and Rory a question before we started, saying how gutted would you be if you didn't get promoted? Now, it almost feels like we're being let down. We've been let down gently a little bit, um, and I just want to know what you you guys thought about that in terms of. Missing out on promotion because statistically, Sunderland will, they're not going to win the league. So it's going to be their lowest ever position on the English Football League pyramid. A massive amount of context missing from that, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But statistically, that's what it is. So how disappointed would you be? If we don't go up, you can't not see it as a failure. I know what we were saying earlier about, like, you know, do we have the best squad, blah, blah, blah. But we, in terms of depth, we do have some of the best players in this league. We spent. You know, even though we lost our best player in January, we still did spend a lot of money replacing him. Whether whether Griggs done well or not, we've had the resources to get promoted at the first attempt. I'm I personally, I'm if that comes has to come through the playoffs, that's fine as long as we get the. This season for me is all about just getting the job done, so we can get back into the championship and start to level out there. James, you were making a good point before we start recording about what do you look for in terms of enjoyment as a football fan. And this season has been the most enjoyable for a while because we have won games and we have been fun to watch. But I think even if we do go up, obviously this squad would need work. We we would need to sign a lot of players. I'm confident that we could do that though. I wouldn't be expecting us to be battling for the playoffs, but I wouldn't. And I think the support generally wouldn't have too much lofty expectations about what to expect next season. I think most people would accept just fairly safe with a few games to go obviously if you go on a losing run 
that can change and people can start to change their minds and get tetchy or whatever. But personally, it's it's about getting back up into the championship, leveling out then. Personally, my enjoyment of Sunderland is like what you're saying, James. It's about just having a team who, you know, like we've got players like Max Power, Catamore, whatever, who care about the side and having decent lads as well as quality players. We've we've been in that period where we've spent loads of money. It doesn't really work. It's been depressing. You get players like Ndong, Jilabodji. I'm kind of all right with us being a team who bounces between the Championship and the Premier League for that reason because you get those seasons where you have those players and you win a lot of games. Sure, it's crap when you're losing in the Premier League and you go back down, but that's kind of... If if you spoke to us us three now, me, Gareth and Stephen, that, there's always been an era of when Sunderland have done that really, haven't there? Where they've bounced between that division yeah. through, your, through your support and that's probably where a lot of barring the sort of like great escapes of the last few years that's where a lot of your good memories come from you could make the argument or oh, we could do that between league one and the championship but we are too big a club to do that the novelty of that does kind of wear off in in league one and it would next season going to these grounds like Accrington and Fleetwood tomorrow or you know even if it has to be next season it could be Forest Green Rovers that'll wear off quite quickly especially when you start losing your good players like McGeady you know I know he was poor at the weekend but Oviedo that's been part of the fun this season being that you know, an element of big fish, uh, sorry, yeah, the big fish in the small pond where we've been able to have that bit of swagger about us. You lose that over time and you become just part of the furniture. It's, it's, it it's, it's happened to Leeds, it's happened to Forest, and it's, I know it's happened to them in the division above as well. But I, I, I don't, personally, I don't think we can go through another season of League One. And if we, if we had to be one more season, it would be disastrous if we didn't get promoted in that season. I think, um, you know, if you've got a an ultimate plan where in six or seven years time you want to get back in the Premier League I don't think an extra season in League One is at this stage in your second year of that plan say is the worst thing in the world personally it depends if you keep the team together well this is going to be my point I mean we've got to remember as well Jack Ross is a is a young manager and he's done you know what he's done this season if you can keep a large part of the group together and then add in the areas that we need a bit of physicality a bit of pace I think are the, the two key areas um, again you look at you know someone like that in Ibukari at, at Coventry in this team would change this team completely the way we play if you had him playing off the front rather than you know Honeyman which is harsh on George because I think he's done pretty well this season if you look at his you know stats in terms of his contribution um, and obviously his attitude which we're talking about um, but we need more of those types of players um, people who can you know compete physically drive things on but you know I, I just think when you're in the midst of the season like at the moment personally I don't think there's any real difference for me between being in the championship or being in league one when it comes game to game you know, I know it sounds like an odd thing to say, but it's it's true. I think if we go up, we'd at this stage, I think we'd do okay. We'd, I think we'd be in a relegation battle. Um, I think we'd probably see a higher turnover of players and a larger new group who would have to gel again quite quickly and try and stay up and then build on that next season. Whereas if we stay in League One, I think what we'll see is keeping a, the group together as best we can. And then add in, in those areas what we were talking about before. Now, there's, there's different ways to do things. I think the second way, now I'm not saying I don't want to go up, but I think the second way is probably practically from Sunderland's position at the moment, the way I want to approach things, probably ties in a little bit more with what they want to achieve down the line because they want to build that group, that togetherness. And if you look at a team like Sheffield United, I think there was a stat since in the, the team that got promoted yesterday five of the players I played in Chris Wilder's first game as Sheffield United manager played yesterday um, so they've played in League One and they were in the bottom four I think when he may have took over because I think they had was it I can't the Scottish lad was it Christian Daly or something they had a manager before I not, David Weir it was David Weir I think but anyway yeah it, it's I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to like sugarcoat the no, fact we could stay in League One, but I'm just saying whatever situation you find yourself in, you've got to learn from what you've experienced. You've got to put aside this is kind of what I was trying to get at before, you've got to put aside all this we're Sunderland, we shouldn't be here, we've got the best squad in the league because if the budget's really high, we spent this money. Forget about all that. It doesn't matter. It is an interesting point. I can see I can see what you're saying because 
<laughs> I know this sounds really simplistic, but if we don't go up, then you think, well, maybe we're not ready to go up. Mm. And that doesn't mean just... That well, you're literally the, not. The squad, <laughs> the managers, the, the, the owners, ev- the, the, the infrastructure, everything has been turned over yeah. at, the, the, at the club. Um, you look at, you're talking about Sheffield United, but you look at Norwich. Norwich, yeah. You know, everyone thought they underperformed last season by not, or not challenging rather. They're stuck by Daniel Fark and they've done, they've done excellently well, this Norwich, season. Well, Norwich previously, you've had a double promotion. Um, yeah, yeah. For League One. Bournemouth. after the first look, game of the season look, in League One, didn't they? I look at it as well. One of the biggest and most important things that that's happened over the last twelve months are the bridges that have been built between the football club and the fans, which have become strained over a, a long period of years of failure and failure and miserable failure and just about survival and so on and so forth. Um, and I think that this season has been very enjoyable because um, fans have seen a winning team. And there's, there's a lot to be said for that at any level, whether you're in the Premier League, obviously, and there's not many teams that win the majority of their games in the Premier League. But wherever you are in in the pyramid, you know, if you're watching a winning team, you're going to games on a Saturday, hoping and expecting to win. More often than not, you you know you come away happy. You've had a, a few drinks. You've seen your team win. Every everybody happy. And I just wonder if Sunderland went up to the Championship, unless there was major investment. And that obviously changes changes the whole parameters, and, and we don't know whether that might happen. But if it didn't happen, then I think you'd be looking at a bottom third finish. You wouldn't be winning the majority of your games. You'd be in a relegation battle or one of the teams that are not safe for quite some time. Um, and I wonder whether that might see fans sort of think, oh, here we go again, so, sort of you know winning winning ten games a season instead of what's it this year twenty two and nineteen draws. Well, you know if Sunderland did fail and it would be a failure on on this this season's um count you know everybody was aiming for promotion and that's still the aim um so yes that's a failure on on those terms but you've you've seen a good winning season and next season there'll be every reason to expect that if Sunderland were in league 1 again it would be better a lot of those draws will be converted to wins you would you would think um I think that another season of, of watching a winning team would would be good for the for fans, rather than going up and possibly struggling. I think I think as well on that point, I would say to enjoy it more than some may have this season. You have got to respect a little bit more that we're a League One team with vast majority of League One players. We're not a team in League One full of. You know, high quality. You know, people are, again. People are rewriting history because people are saying now because McGeady's in form, he's potentially a Premier League player. He's not. Like, he's a middle level Championship player. Like, that's where he's been playing for the last few years. Like, Lee Catamore, everyone wanted. He had a dreadful season last year. So, people just need to re- slightly <clears throat> realign things. And and I'm not trying to be patronising. People entitle their opinion, say what they want about it, but I just think. You'd enjoy it probably a little bit more if you respected that you don't just deserve. You haven't got God-given right to go on the pitch and win every single game because you're Sunderland. That's not that's not how it is. Like, I don't think personally. I think if Sunderland went up this season, I don't think we'd be in a relegation battle. I don't well, think we. I, I think well, we definitely, I, 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 definitely I, I, would. Opinions. I, I don't think would be any great shakes. I think we'd be boring mid-table season, but I think our keeper would make a big significant difference on that because if yeah. if we had our keeper last season, we would have been we wouldn't have been anywhere near a relegation battle. Um, I think. While you can acknowledge it's a failure if we don't get promoted, and I, I don't think there's any getting away from that personally, I think it is a failure. If we keep McGeady and we keep the keeper and we keep the team together, I would be quite relaxed and I wouldn't be disappointed where I'm fuming and throwing things around saying it's the biggest disaster in the world. As long as we start quite quickly this season, make a couple of clever signings, I would, to answer your question, James, in a long winded way, I would be disappointed but I wouldn't be totally devastated because I think the team haven't had this season to adapt manager and players. We will be very, very in a very strong position next season. Personally, that sound all right. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, if people want to read between the lines of things I've said, I'm, I'm not saying I don't want to get promoted. I def- absolutely yeah. want to get promoted. Course, That's the name of tonight's yeah. podcast is Gareth doesn't want to get promoted. <laughs> but if we go up next season, I think, There'll be a big overhaul of players. 
I think he'd have to do as much as he could to keep that spirit together. Because that's I think I think that's, that's been one that, of the biggest things be, on us. People saying. complain about the draws this season, but we we don't lose games, and yeah. that is because of mentality, and, and that is because of togetherness yeah. in the squad. I'm not saying we wouldn't need to add a few. I, that's, I, yeah. I said we would, we would have to earlier, but I think you would have to be mindful of keeping a bit of that momentum yeah. going and not fracturing the squad too much. We've we've seen it when we've gone from the Championship to the Premier League under Mick McCarthy, even though yeah. we didn't have much money, we broke up a squad that would have arguably performed yeah. better. Well, hopefully we'll find yeah. out. I also want to say it's not 19 draws that's cost us. It's two draws that's cost us. It's one maybe if you're leaving it in other people's hands. It's which, two if to have it in our hands. Which, which two which, you're which saying two? out of interest? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. Oh, right, I thought you had, no, that was oh, the way you, two draws. The way you said is, two. But people keep it to 19 draws, 19 draws, yeah. But if you've got 17 draws and two more wins, which we don't, and people go, well, we haven't. But it's not 19 draws, it's two draws to have it in our hands and one because we have 87 points win tomorrow we've got 90 going to the final day goal difference things out of the way if Barnsley drew and we won we'd go above them so it's not 19 draws it's two draws one of those two draws is definitely the one game line. well well you could have the two games at Oxford and Oxford and True um, yeah, Oxford and Scunthorpe they're the two um, you could also argue Luton at home where Peterborough awarded an imaginary penalty. Peterborough, it is nineteen. <laughs> it's because of yeah. all of them. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, but it is it, like in points on the table. It's not nineteen. It's two. Yeah, that's two. That's yeah, cost yeah, yeah. you. So it you, is you know, statistically you, wise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But we're going to leave he, end it there. It seems a bit of a. He's yeah. to winning. He's to winning the Fleetwood. We'll be back five 0 Frankie will be the back on madness. Thursday. We're in. Uh, Chris Weatherspoon's going to go and do the finance stuff. Because uh, all the figures were released today, weren't they? And uh, they were. that's his area. That's not our area. So okay, we're, gonna, yeah. we're just going to let yeah, him do you, that on Thursday. Crunch the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Get, let him do get, all get that. Get into bed. I'll be so far up my comfort <laughs> zone. It's unbelievable with that. Right. Thanks for listening. the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market